Welcome back to Bible Love. We are about to dive into the beginning of Esther. And as we record this, the feast day for Thursday, November 17th, is Hugh of Lincoln. Who is Hugh of Lincoln? Tell me who that is. I don't know anything about Hugh. Um, Well, you know what else it is on the 17th? It is the great Polk Van Zandt's 70th birthday. Well, happy birthday, Polk Van Zandt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's Hugh's feast day. (laughs) You You need to celebrate the feast of Hugh and the feast of St. Polk as well. There There you go. Let's pray for him. Let us pray. Holy God, who endowed your servant, Hugh of Lincoln, with wise and cheerful boldness and taught him to commend the discipline of holy life to kings and princes. Grant that we also, rejoicing in the good news of your mercy, and fearing nothing but the loss of you, may be bold to speak the truth in love. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. You know, that's weird. Because, Sounds like a good prayer for your dad, too. Yeah, for my dad, but also like kings and princesses. We're talking about some queens and kings today. Yeah, right. Yeah, right? Like um, maybe someone should have spoken the truth to King Artaxerxes. There you go. Um, before he decides to parade his wife around. So, right. Well, what do you think about the treatment of women today? Right, right. Well, first of all, I wanted to say um, I'm so grateful for y'all's prayers for our dear Martha, my mother-in-law, um, Alan, and our dear friend, Dr. Tony, did a great job without me. That is the first one I have ever missed in all these times of recording. So, um, but it was kind of interesting to not be there and listen, and I appreciate y'all doing it but it was an it is interesting that it was one of the two books of the bible that are named after women that i wasn't there for so um i think tony does an amazing job of giving us just a wonderful history lesson and sort of understanding what it is this text is that we're dealing with and so today we're talking about just chapters one through three of the book of esther um just to give everybody some content and it is interesting, the prating around of women. And, um, you know, I, I think what I think about it is being a woman is complicated. At least it is in, in, in my opinion. Like, yes, I love the fact that I can be a priest and a leader and be a woman, but I also, of course, still appreciate my femininity and who I am and how I dress and how I present myself. So I do think it's a little bit complicated. Um, in that. Um, but I am certainly not a fan of parading women around and saying who's, which one is the best one. Um, and it's interesting that it's here to me because in some ways we still do that in 2022, almost 2023, right? Um, so many young women I know and, and older women have had issues with their self-worth, with their beauty, with their weight, um, you know, whatever that may be. And this really shows me this isn't just because of magazines, right? Like this has been going on for centuries and centuries and centuries, right? 
Um, and it gives me more context in understanding why that is so deep within us as women, um, because it's, it's actually been happening a long, long time. Um, those are kind of my thoughts. Um, when we, but I thought y'all handled it well, two men talking about the book of Esther. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I like to think Dr. Tony and I are hopefully on the more enlightened side. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is, this is pretty wild, right? So Esther starts up and, um, King Artaxerxes wants, um, the queen, whose name, Queen Vashti to come in and like, Hey, I'm having a party. Come show off for everybody. Right. Like people like show off their significant others on both sides. Right. Like that's a thing we do. It's a little bit different when you're the king. And she says, no. Right. I'm doing a lot of work around boundaries in my personal life, like learning how to say no to like my kids and to parishioners. Mm-hmm. Sorry, parishioners that are, you know, all of that. Right. Like here we have an example of a woman who exercises a boundary. It doesn't work out too well. No, it doesn't. Um, but, but here we have, I mean, to have a character in the scriptural story who does that, um, particularly when, Basically, all of the Hebrew Bible, women are property and women are just traded and treated however they want to be treated or however the men want to treat them. To have a strong character like this that that stands up and says, yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I mean, even if it doesn't work out for her, her that and it doesn't, but her courage and her bravery to use her voice and say, I deserve more. um, I want more. Um, You know, there are definitely times in my daily work that I think. If I was a man, would you be asking me that? You know, um, would you, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. I mean, it happens a lot, but there's also things in my daily work, like making sure our kitchen is clean at the church that I enjoy doing that. I'm not, I'm not saying a man wouldn't do that, but that's part of my femininity, right? Is that my home is kept in a certain way and has, so it is, that's what I'm saying. It's complicated, all of it. Um, but I'm very grateful for her voice and her courage, um, even though it didn't work out the way she wanted it to. Right. Um, and this party theme is kind of happening in both in most of the chapters that we're talking about today, they were all about some parties, um, which is, I guess why fellowship runs deep in the church. Um, (laughs) and maybe we get it from that. But, um, so the first party, she says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to be paraded around. And he says, Oh yes, you are. You're you're my property. That's going to happen. And, and we're going to make that happen. Um, but then she gets replaced, right? A new queen comes to town, basically. That's what chapter two is all yeah, about. Yeah, so Adaxerxes, right? He's going to stumble upon some woman at a well and fall in love, and it's going to be some meet cute, like a romantic comedy. That's not exactly how it happens. Instead, yeah. they put on basically a dating show, yeah. right? Like, there's it just filmed here. Um, Love is Blind. I haven't seen yeah. it. I've heard about I've it. I've heard of it. I've not seen it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, it's this Netflix show. They just filmed the season three. Um, they film it Bible for po- Our Bible podcast has now morphed into a pop culture podcast. There we go. But like, it's this idea, right? Like you're going to bring in strangers and like force this thing to happen. That's literally what Esther chapter two is. It's let's go find the fairest maidens in all the land. And mm-hmm. we're going to have a reality show. I will admit to you, Alan, that sometimes after a long day and um, my head is filled with a lot of stuff, 
I do like to sit down and watch a little reality TV every once in a while. Um, my favorite is um, currently Bachelor in Paradise. Um, and my husband makes a lot of fun of me for watching this, but there is something about someone else's life that's not your own, you know, that you sort of enjoy. And when I was studying for today, Bachelor in Paradise popped in my head not to c- compare the Bible to Bachelor in Paradise because I'm not. But this particular chapter of like, okay, wife, you didn't do what I wanted you to do. You're out. Let's parade a couple of other people and see who comes up and um, see which one I like the best. And she's going to be my wife. I mean, that's what happened, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that, right, like, it's a cultural thing. It happened here, obviously, as a a dating game. But, I mean, you think about stuff like The Bachelor, right? It started out as The Bachelor. Yeah. They added The Bachelorette later on. But at first, it was here, let's get this guy and have all these women. And other shows like that, beauty pageants, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's I'm sure there's male beauty pageants, but they're not televised on primetime TV. I don't even know if I've ever heard of that. I don't Miss know America is. So what, you know. Yeah. A male beauty pageant is what I'm saying. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Yeah. That's, that's not a thing. So we do have this tendency to do this. Um, and I, I do think there, you know, there have been some, a lot of women I know that, you know, of course they love to be compl- complimented. But, and I, I have that too. When someone says, I really like your outfit, I love that too. I mean, who doesn't want affirmation, you know? Um, they, they, a lot of people will say women dress for other women, you know, because they want to be told you look great or whatever. Um, but there is this kind of ickiness to it that that's there. And it's certainly present in this chapter two, first two chapters of, of Esther. So basically what happens is he chooses Esther, right? Um, and she, we've got a new queen in town. Um, but little does he know he is getting quite the wife, quite the human being. Um, yeah. so yeah. much of a human being is, that she gets it, a whole book of the Bible named after her. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty important. And I mean, like she's not honest about who she is. That's right. Just, and that, and that's nothing that sounds negative, right? Like she can't be like no. her life would be at risk because, right. um, and so for self-protection, she doesn't share this part about her and, and that becomes a plot device later on and, and becomes important. But yeah, I mean, she wins and does this thing and ultimately like it's a, it's almost a redemptive arc to this, like not to spoil it later on, but like this thing that happened in this really toxic male dominated way, like parading these women around and started with the woman concealing a big part of her identity that she's Jewish. Right? Like ultimately that leads to um, like love wins, right? Yeah. Like later on, like when people are really mad, like when the, the King's right hand man is really mad at this other guy and we'll get to all of that. But like the King's like, no, like I actually love this woman and it's going to change my heart and my mind about how we need to treat these other people. So it's like super toxic to begin with, but there is this redemptive component to it. And I, I love that, that that you brought that up because I do think we can forget in all the midst of this, that, that love does win and it always wins, you know? Um, and, and that is who we are 
as Christians, that is who we are as followers of Jesus. Um, it, it, and, and really, was it yesterday that, so I saw two different things on social media. One, it was World Kindness Day, but then something within the Episcopal Church, I want to say it was Episcopal Relief and Development, it was World Love Day, you know? And I was just like, I, I know these things are like silly to people, but I'm so grateful that somebody's thinking about World Love Day and that we need to be talking about that kind of stuff, you know? Um, and yes, Esther had to hide who she was, but in the end, she changed people, right? She changed a lot of people, not just the immediate people around her for centuries to come, you know? And that's pretty awesome. Um I continue to be reminded there are two books in the whole entire Bible named after women, and she's one of them. So to me, that feels like a pretty impressive person. Um, so, so what yeah, happened? So, you know, this story, right? Like there's the whole deal with, with Queen Esther and how she's chosen. And then there's this other character, Mordecai, who is the adoptive father of Esther. And he um, has this, um, he overhears, what is it in chapter two? Um, the end of chapter two, like in 21, he overheard these guards talking about planning to kill the king. And so Mordecai, when my translation, I'm reading the common English Bible, when Mordecai caught wind of the, like of this plan, um, he reported it to the queen. She talked to the king about it. Um, and so here, another guy, right? Like he's an outsider. Mordecai's an outsider. Esther's an outsider. Um, but they get this information and right. Like if there's someone who's potentially uh, a bad actor, like the King Xerxes to the Jewish people, like, and you know, this plot, it says a lot about Mordecai's character that he like passes this up the chain and then it proves to be true. And then we uh, are introduced to another guy. Come on. Let's back up just one second. Like, so him doing that, like, I feel like I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine, Alexis, who's, who's been on the podcast before, like, and you've talked about this too. Like, what are we willing to do? You know, what are the limits we're willing to go to, to save and to help other people? And that's what Mordecai is doing, right? He's like putting, not only himself, he's Jewish. He's like, he's like the wrong guy for this. He's like at, at the utmost risk for this, yet he does it, you know? And um, to me, that's, again, these first couple of chapters are just full of people who are really courageous. You know, like every character we're coming into has just got a lot of courage and bravery and willing to take a big old risk for um, what we would say now for the gospel, but at that time there, there wasn't a gospel, but you know, they were for someone else. They cared about somebody else. Again, love wins in this. And then you get into chapter three, Haman, and you get not, got another bad guy who wants to kill all the Jews. And that would include Esther and Mordecai, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, it was kind of caused by Mordecai. I mean, Mordecai refused to bow down. Haman took offense to that. And so, you know, they convince the king to pass this law that then becomes a crisis for the Jews. Mm-hmm. And like, if you think about this in the timeline, right? Like they've come back from exile, right? Like the Jewish people have time and time again found themselves in these situations. Um, and here they are again, figuring out how do we live with folks who want us dead? 
or at the very least don't want us around. Um, but someone like Mordecai is going to help. Absolutely. And the poor Jewish people continue to be persecuted then and later and still today. Um, there's just been this new rash that's come up, you know, in social media about some celebrities bashing, you know, all because of their faith. I mean, so wrong and so upsetting. But again, you've got these folks that are trying to be so courageous and um, living into what's right. So um, we don't want to go into the next chapter because we've got a special guest next week who's going to help us kind of think through um, how Esther and Mordecai like put a plan together and figure out what are we going to do to save our people, basically. Um, how are we going to tell the world it's okay to be Jewish because we're Jewish and, and it's okay to have your beliefs. Um, but I, I, I think when I think about these first three chapters, I just think about bravery and courage. Um, and those far outweigh for me this beauty pageant idea, you know, um, yeah, me. I'm a half glass full person. I'm always going to be trying to find the, the good. And I, I, I think that's what is resonating. Yeah. And I'm the cynical one. Right. And so I don't see the good. Right. Like yeah. I mean, you've hinted at this. This still happens in the church. Right. Mm-hmm. There's women are disproportionately um, non-represented as heads of congregation. I mean, you are an outlier as a rector mm-hmm. upper South Carolina actually has more at one time. I don't know if it's still true. At one time it had the highest percentage of women in charge of congregations than any diocese in the country, um, which I think is a testament to, to folk. And some of the best directors I know, I think you, Janie Wilson, Suze Kate, right. All these people that why do we as the church treat it differently? Whereas me, you know, I'm, middle-aged white guy. And so like statistically I'm the most employable there is. And right. Well, I appreciate those sweet words. I was telling, um, okay. So like shameless little plug here. Um, I had this, the, one of the greatest honors of my life, honestly, um, was asked to preach at, um, Eucharist at the hundredth, uh, Dyson convention of the Dyson's of upper South Carolina last Saturday and of course I was just like a nervous wreck about it. And poor Alan had to read my sermon and make sure I, I wasn't saying anything that wasn't, wasn't okay. But, um, I thought about it and I thought, you know, I'm really grateful for a bishop that wanted, I still think of myself as somewhat young. I'm 45, you know, a younger female bishop, a female priest who is not like at one of the big churches in, in the diocese of upper South Carolina. You know, a diff, not, I would not be the normal preacher that you would ask. Let's just put it that way. And I was just really, really grateful that he thought about that and that, um, having different voices as we are seeing in Esther is really important and people have to have courage in that. And it took a lot of courage for me to stand up there and do that. I have to say, I've never preached at a convention before. I've never preached at Trinity Cathedral. And I don't know if y'all have ever been there. Alan has, of course, but man, it is a, beautiful, beautiful place with a high pulpit and you're like, oh, nerve wracking. And then you sit in this chair that's right by the pulpit and it's like on the very edge and you think you might fall off. Um, have you had that experience? (laughs) And then, so then you're nervous and then the bishop is sitting right next to you and then you're even like more nervous. 
But then you turn and you ask him, please bless me before I get up here and do this. And God enters your soul and your body and you somehow get it together and you can do it. But um, I do really feel grateful for a place that um, honors women's voices and, and particularly my voice when I don't think I'm that great of a preacher. Oops, I shouldn't have said that. Everybody gets mad at me when I say that. I don't feel like that's my strong suit. So I was just very honored. And I hope there's more of that as time goes on throughout the church, throughout the world. Um, I just really, really do. Oh, there's our timer. Yeah. How do we get through 20 minutes? Like nobody's business, man. We could talk about anything. these poor folks. Talk about business. the bachelor. That's yeah, how. Right. how do we get the bachelor in paradise? Um, love. What is it? Uh, love is blind. That whatever that show is preaching at Trinity Cathedral and, um, Esther all combined in one. We did it in 20 minutes. That's amazing. Anyway, what a good time today. As always, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm excited for next week. Um, on Thanksgiving day, you'll have a, n- a new episode come out. It'll be good. Um, and until then, listeners, remember that we love you, but most importantly, God does. Mm-hmm.